Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy. Thank you for joining me here 
on Prison Focus Radio. I'm your host, Nube Brown, and you are tuned in to KPOO San Francisco 89.5, or you may be listening on the World Wide Web at kpoo.com. Either way, I am glad you are here. We are going to be spending the next several weeks, probably up until the, um, the 28th of July, because we are getting ready for a big webinar, kind of tri-state conference um, that's going to take place with um, collaborative efforts with Prison Lives Matter, Liberate Our Elders, The Spirit of Mandela, and all of the wonderful work that is being done around political prisoners, prisoners of war, politicized prisoners, the uh, most recent uh, guilty verdict for uh, the uh, genocidal crimes against the people that the international jurists have found the United States, or rather America with three Ks, Inc., guilty of um, genocide on all five counts, and our work towards um, the uh, a People's Senate that uh, we hope um, as these many weeks and uh, months go by, uh, you will gain some interest in because we cannot move forward um, in building the world for the people that we want to see, one that meets the people's needs uh, without uh, working in solidarity, in unity, and in revolutionary love with our people experiencing a modern-day slavery. That means the prison industrial slave complex. So I am so grateful that we are here um, and that we have this beautiful, powerful hour uh, of a platform here on Prison Focus Radio at KPOO uh, to um, bring in the voices of our people uh, on these modern-day plantations um, uh, so they are not disappeared, so they are not silenced, and that we are working with them. Again, um, this is just so important, um, and especially as we see a resurgence of a focus on um, modern-day legal slavery, uh, the new iteration from the farce of uh, the, uh, the 13th Amendment saying that it is an abolition amendment, that it does not abolish slavery. It actually uh, made slavery uh, created in a new form under criminalizing people and putting them in prison. Um, and also, uh, again, the continued emergence of a call for reparations. So, um, and the uh, capitalist, imperialist, uh, white false supremacist system that we are living under, which is really um, neo-colonialism and a very sophisticated form of fascism only known here in this way in America with 3Ks, Inc. So I know this sounds heavy, but listen, anytime there is space to bring in light to be shined on these issues, that means there's hope. That means there is a place for us to assert our humanity and fight for it. 
that should be encouraging and inspiring. And I hope that it is. I hope that when you hear these voices and you, and you, um, that it moves something in you to say, yes, this matters. Our lives, all of our lives matter. That, um, our prison lives matter. Black lives matter. Uh, the life of the planet matters. And we are in a fight for our humanity. And we're going to fight against those oppressive systems that are anti-life. So, again, hope it brings you some, um, some inspiration and some encouragement um, and some hope um, as we continue to struggle forward. So we are going to spend the next hour hearing from Kwame Shakur, and I'm going to be reading some materials about the People's Senate and, again, just be uh, to promoting the... Um, the webinar, uh, webinar conference that's going to be coming up, uh, Prison Lives Matter and Liberate Our Elders. All right. Um, and that's taking place July 28th through the 30th of this year. So just in a couple of months here. And um, yeah, so we're just going to be getting ready for it. All right, here we go. I am going to first start off by reading um, from the manual, the People's Senate Explanation and Recruitment manual, manual that you can find at spiritofmandela.org. And there you can also find the, uh, uh, the, the guilty verdict. You can hear the, the test. You can see the testimonies and all the videos that took place um, um, uh, during the, um, the, the tribunal of, that took place in October of 2021. So go to spiritofmandela.org, and there you can read the, um, the indictment. You can see the five charges, um, all of that. You can um, and, and see the, um, um, and then all that took place over that weekend with the um, international tribunal. It's very exciting. So Spirit of Mandela. Org. And that's also where you can find uh, the People's Senate, um, that document there and what it is that we're looking for. All right, here we go. All right, um, so I changed my mind. I'm actually going to read straight from the Prison Lives Matter uh, website on their About page uh, just to give you an idea of who uh, Kwame Shakur is and what Prison Lives Matter is and how they are involved here. So I'm just going to read straight from their about page and you can read and, you know, check out the more of what they do by just going to uh, supportprisonlives.org. All right. Prison Lives Matter is a united front for political prisoners, prisoners of war, politicized individuals behind enemy lines and their organizations, as well as any outside formations in unison to abolish legalized slavery. The objective of Prison Lives Matter is to establish a national infrastructure within the overall prison movement that will allow us to implement a national strategy geared toward creating regional organizing committees on both sides of the wall. The ROC's will be put in place through the work of the current Prison Lives Matter National Coordinating Committee, the NCC, which is made up of some of the nation's leading political prisoners and their outside support networks, including former political prisoner Jalil Muntakim, who was liberated in 2020. It is the job of the NCC members behind enemy lines to set forth political education classes and cadre development programs that will help transform their environment in captivity. These environments these environments should serve as revolutionary universities, liberation schools, and cadre training centers so that upon re-entry into society, we will have capable cadre leaders ready to step into the movement and continue the work needed to build and rebuild our infrastructure. 
Incarcerated members of the NCC will network with other captives throughout their state in order to appoint field marshals capable of developing political education classes in each camp. This broadening of the PLM platform is what will essentially lay the foundation for the regional organizing committees, the ROCs. Outside members of the NCC will utilize the national network of support groups, families of incarcerated individuals, and other formations within the PLM movement to establish the ROCs. We have witnessed the difficulties of assembling national demonstrations with limited resources and calling on our leaders to travel around the country, making these things possible only once a year. This organizing strategy of the PLM-NCC-ROC will prove most effective in terms of forming regional vanguards that are able to mobilize boots on the ground and respond to the call of action when necessary. Rather than organizing and mobilizing, the most important work of PLM both inside and out is to educate. The political education of those held captive as well as comrades and the masses is the tool needed to build resistance and sustain a movement for liberation. Prison Lives Matter is not about, quote, reforming the existing system. Through this united front, which operates on an anti-racist, capitalist, imperialist line, we will strive to expose the prison industrial slave complex's hidden political and economical position of hierarchy within the United States empire. Therefore, raising consciousness to the contradictions that exist on class, quote, race, and national oppression leading to the rise of mass incarceration, legalized slavery, and the building of more state and privatized prisons. The higher calling for the In the Spirit of Mandela campaign is one calling for an international investigation into the human rights violations of prisoners that exist within the United States. However, in order to garner the recognition and support of the international community, we must establish this infrastructure and national strategy on these shores. We are our own liberators. Kwame Beans Shakur. Kwame, I definitely want you to introduce yourself. I mean, being a political prisoner in um, in an Indiana uh, prison being captured by the state, I want you to be able to introduce yourself so that people know who you are. And I want to keep in the forefront that we actually do have political prisoners in this in this country uh, um, so that people understand that. And then I want you to get into talking to us about uh, the work that you are doing with Prison Lives Matter and um, in uh, solidarity with and working up the, um, that unity um, and work that you are doing uh, with us here on the outside and why it's important. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my name is Kwame Shakur. I'm a new African political prisoner, as you said, held captive behind me lines in Indiana. And I'm the co-founder and chairman of the New African Liberation Collective, as well as the national director of Prison Life Matter. I'm also a member of Spirit of Mandela and a part of the People's Senate that's been developed in the United States. And I recently released from solitary confinement after seven years of being targeted by the state and by the government for the political work that I've been doing inside and out around the nation to educate our people and uplift this movement in the Republic of New Africa. And, you know what I'm saying, as we know, that's the, the biggest internal threat to this country is New African, Chicano, and indigenous people who are aware of the class struggle that's taking place within these borders to colonize and neo-colonize our nation. And when you are aware that you begin to separate yourself 
from the colonial shackles of U.S. imperialism and started talking about sovereignty and operating in an autonomous manner. And, you know, saying that that comes with that state repression. I would just like to interject here. So remember how we always talk about the indictment um, of the state and its prison industrial slave complex. Again, the state needs for people to tell the public that um, these revolutionary thinkers are just criminals. This is where the gang validation comes in. This is where political prisoners are um, deemed the worst of the worst, a threat to society. So they can easily build prisons and know that they will have people in them because we are always going to be fighting for our our liberation. And so um, if we are acting outside of, uh, quote, criminality, they can't catch us on something, then they will criminalize our speaking out. And that's why we also have the California political prisoners who we've spoken of many times um, and being criminalized for the artwork that they were creating, the poetry, the books that they were reading, the language that they were uh, teaching themselves, uh, speaking Swahili, and calling it gang activity. And so any uh, resistance to the status quo, any resistance to uh, the colonial oppressor, the capitalist imperialist, will be met with retaliation, imprisonment, state violence. So Kwame represents thousands of of people that are inside simply for their uh, political stance and their resistance. And, you know what I'm saying, that, that led to all that time that I just did. Had I been what we call just a captured colonial, uh, unconscious inmate or prisoner, and I went to the hole for the things that I did, which was just possession of a cell phone and a knife, I would only do nine months. But being that I am who I am, they took that opportunity and seized that moment to try to hold me indefinitely. But I mean, we'll get into later how I was released from solitary confinement, but thanks to the uh, movement attorneys and the power of the people, they was forced to let me go. I asked Kwame to unpack a little bit more how the state was actually, the oppressor was actually retaliating against him so that we could have a clear understanding or continue to uh, build our overstanding of how that s- same state uh, state operation works against us out here as we protest and build our power of the people. Yeah, so so I originally got three months for the phone, six months for the knife, or it might have been the other way around, and then I got another 12 months for a starter on staff. So when you first come to lockup, you're doing what's called disciplinary time. For outside people to understand that, that's the equivalent of you being sentenced by the court and going to jail or prison for a determined amount of time. So once that 21 months was up, I should have been released to population the same way you would be released from jail or prison after your sentence. However, they placed me on AES, which is administrative segregation, with a status around the country that the facility holds saying that even though you're done with your term, 
we as the administration are still saying that you're a threat to the safety and security of this prison because of your status, because of your affiliation, because of your political ideology, and we're going to hold you as long as we want. And so I was placed on administrative segregation in March of 2018, and within two weeks, Internal Affairs came and brought me over 40-some write-ups at one time, which is unheard of, which placed me back on disciplinary segregation. And the whole thing was a ploy just to stack up as much phone restriction and JPEG kiosk restriction as possible to censor and silence me from reaching out to the outside world and the movement. Because as you know, at, during that time when we were organizing the first um, Prison Life Matter in the Spirit of Nelson Mandela panel and demonstration to take place in Indianapolis outside the DOC headquarters. And so when they came with the first 30-some write-ups, the DHB officer or the basically the prison court um, facilitator didn't give me any phone restriction. So they came back with like another five disciplinary write-ups again and wanted her to put me on more phone restriction, but she didn't do it. So at that point, they removed her from the DHB position and placed another person in that job and brought another handful of write-ups, and this is what got me phone restriction, kiosk restriction, and placed me back on disciplinary segregation. And so... Just the fact that I was doing the organizing that I was doing to organize in the Spirit of Nelson Mandela webinar and panel discussion was a big enough threat that the outside government was telling the inside internal affairs that I needed to be silenced and stopped. And so uh, a couple months later, this led to them transferring me in the middle of the night upstate to MCC to a maximum control center, and they basically held me under the prison for two months while I was taken out of the system database. If it wasn't for prisoners there who knew me and was able to call my family, nobody would have been able to know where I was at. I couldn't get visits to the prison when people were calling. I couldn't get money sent. I wasn't able to touch a phone the whole two months I was there, and they thought that this was going to stop. The, in the spirit of Nelson Mandela and Prison Life Matter panel and demonstration that all that did was make the rally cry by you guys larger and comrades like Barasini, Ali, and Kalika Shakur and millions of prisoners in the new African Black Panther Party traveled to this state in direct response to that. And, you know what I'm saying, by the, the enemy being who they are, that just led to more harsher restrictions and repressive um, situations and me being sent down to the shoe where I just sat for the last four and a half years. And so why is this important to know about, yeah, why is this important for people to know about how you are being treated in terms of what um, uh, it, the movement that we are um, involved in right now in 2023, considering we are coming off of a tribunal that took place in 2021 um, where uh, the international jurists were invited to 
listen to testimony about the genocidal practices of America with three Ks Inc. and um, and the the five charges of genocide and where they were found, where the United there where America with three Ks Inc. was found guilty on all five charges of genocide. Um, one of them being what's called mass incarceration, which is really just um, legal legal slavery taking place within our prisons. Why is what's happening to you and what has happened with other political prisoners um, important to know in the movement now in 2023? I mean, it's important to know because, as you said, it's another form of genocide. When people hear the term genocide, we've been trained and whitewashed to view that as entire nations or areas being ethnically cleansed by somebody like Hitler, you know what I'm saying? Or entire groups being affected. But when you look through the Geneva Convention's um, definition of genocide, it's saying killing members of the group, causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of the group, deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or in part, imposing measures intended to prevent birth within the group and forcibly transferring children of the group to another group. And so when we talk about the existence of political prisoners and prisoners of war in this country, whether it's the ones who were captured during the anti-colonial struggles in the 1960s and 70s that were members of RAM, that were members of the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense, that were members of the Black Liberation Army, or were citizens of the Republic of New Africa that were intentionally being hunted, assassinated, and held captive in solitary confinement for decades, and some people tortured, like Sekou Odinga, or now individuals like myself who are political prisoners and members of street tribe organizations that are being held in solitary confinement and transferred from prison to prison, dealing with male censorship and phone privileges being taken away, um, our books and publications being taken away in an attempt to silence and censor um, the voices of our people and to stop the education and raising of the consciousness of our people. All those are calculated and deliberate acts by the colonizer that, you know what I'm saying, amount to genocide. And the other thing that is critical that um, we bring about to the people is everybody talks about what COINTELPRO and what Jared Hoover did to capture the aforementioned um, political prisoners, but now in this day and age, you know what I'm saying, a lot of people don't realize that there's a whole other generation that's following the teachings and the directions of those individuals that are still being held captive or recently released political prisoners like Seku Odinga and Jaleel Munchakim and, you know what I'm saying, following the erection of Trump and everything that's came about since him, that emboldened the white supremacist nation and allowed them to just blatantly um, employ these genocidal tactics 
on the people. And so the things that y'all are seeing out there on the street, they're taking place inside the prison nation as well. And so for everybody who's involved in that outside movement, it's critical that we get to understand that there's no separation between the outside movement for international human rights and the things that's taking place in here because these prisons are nothing but an extension and another arm. You have one minute remaining. These camps in this prison system is nothing but an arm and an extension of U.S. capitalist colonial rule. All right. If you have just joined us, you have been listening to Kwame Shakur uh, just there speaking about um, the continued and very honed decades-old, centuries-old response to people, um, the people, fighting for their sovereignty, their self-determination, their collective freedom. And again, the honed response is violence. It is genocide. These are hard things to, to hear, but it's more important than ever because here we are in 2023 um, experiencing the same uh, genocidal reaction to our quest for freedom. You're listening to Prison Focus Radio. I'm your host, Nube Brown. This is KPOO San Francisco 89.5. If you are tuned in um, anywhere in the uh, Bay, San Francisco Bay Area, but you might be listening live at kpoo.com. We are going to take a short musical break uh, with uh, By Any Means Necessary by Georgia Smith, and then we'll come back with the second part of my conversation with Kwame Shakur. Say pride in the things that we've done Side by side in the revolution Won't stay silent for things that I love Cause we know them not care about us Why men can't jump but at least they can't run Both these chains to put hands up They can never see the kingdom coming You wanna see us all amount to nothing I can see your face, see the light in your eyes I can see the change, feel the heat of the fire can feel the pain and you know you're alive both feet on the line by enemies i will fight for you, for you. enemies i will fight for you, for you. by enemies i will fight for you, for you. by enemies i will fight for you, for you. i've spent too many days in my head did you think we would forget how Too many destinies, too many sentences Red now, red now See all this pain in the headlines But I have cried for the last time But no, I haven't seen you would be blind If it was just an eye for an eye 
what if we change the world? We rise on the flames of Victor. It's far from a perfect picture. I know it's sinful, but we are human. Would you be grateful if you took my place? Say my name. There is redemption in the steps we take. Say one life and I'm gonna use it. Innocence till I'm proven. One last chance and you blew it. One last dance in the ruins. So much hate in your movements. Told me I couldn't prove it. One last prayer for the sinners. You wanna learn what you witnessed. I can see your face, see the light in your eyes. I can see the change. We are still in a situation in terms of what people need to understand is that we're living under a system that continues to perpetrate genocide and crimes against humanity. So what do you see us needing to do in our continued movement um, together, but in resistance to or in opposition to this America with 3Ks, Inc., this government? Okay, I got you. So as you mentioned in the opening dialogue, in October of 2021, we had the Spirit of Mandela International Tribunal, and we had international terrorists, members of the international community, travel over here and listen to the testimony of our freedom fighters going back 50-plus years. And that concluded in a guilty verdict of genocide against the United States on all five counts. And when we go back to where this we still charge genocide movement stemmed from was Paul Robeson and William Patterson in 1951 with the we charge genocide. We're talking about almost 70 some years ago. And with this international tribunal that took place in 2021, we as a people, as a movement and a nation have to figure out how do we move that guilty verdict forward so that we're not talking about what we did in 2021, 70 plus years from now with no concrete, tangible infrastructure or results being put in place to grant us and achieve our national independence for self-government. And what's being put down as a direct result of that tribunal is our elders and various formations and organizations from around the country developing the People's Senate. And this is all following the concepts and teachings of We Are All Liberators by Baba Jalil Muta King. And when we're talking about We Are All Liberators, that means we have to start operating and functioning in an autonomous manner as sovereign people. 
not just as angry, upset, or radical black Americans. We have to start operating the way other nations and countries and movements do. We're using these words, genocide. We're having international tribunals. We're talking about domestic neocolonialism, all these things. So we have to start operating in a way that will force the international community to acknowledge and recognize us as a sovereign body of people that's fighting to come from under the colonial shackles of this nation, right? And so that means developing this people senate that gives power to the people, where we have our own judges, we have our own senators, and we have members of the international community working in conjunction and alongside us. Like you look at what's going on over there in Ukraine with Russia, and they're alleging that Putin and Russia are committing crimes against humanity. What did they do? They took that to the the world courts and the allied nations that support them and work with them are coming together to try to find Putin and his military and his government guilty of that, right? We have to do the same thing. We have to reflect the rest of the world that's taking place from these anti-colonial struggles that we read about and that we romanticize about, you know what I'm saying, that's taking place over the last 50, 60 plus years. And so what we're doing right now with the Prison Rights Matter Liberate Our Earth webinar and panel discussion that's going to take place um, July 20th through the 30th this summer is bringing all of these individuals together from these oppressed communities and nations, organizations, and united fronts like Ferdinand, the Front for the Liberation of the New African Nation, Spirit of Mandela, Jericho, New African Liberation Collective, George Jackson University, and various freedom campaigns and defense committees that represent our political prisoners of war that's been down for years, like Mumia, Bujamal, all of these people are coming together into this space so that we can elevate our struggle and really take this to the international community, right? And so this webinar and panel discussion is going to be the time for us to bring our movement lawyers, recruiting clinical psychologists, um, our political leaders and thinkers and strategists, all in one space so that we can establish a national strategy and agenda so that we're not so fragmented and separated all across the nation. We have campaigns and initiatives in California that echo and mimic campaigns and initiatives that are being set forth in New York and Virginia and Indiana and Texas. We're reducing our own power when we're operating in these little independent splinter groups. Uh, we say if the United States Empire and all of its pig agencies were working in the same capacity that we are, our revolutionary forces from around the world would have long ago toppled U.S. imperialism because they would have been weak and isolated because of them operating in a sectarian fashion, right? And so from the smallest little redneck town to the largest U.S. city, a Republican or Democratic mayor or representative is working in conjunction with one another on a national strategy. And we have to operate the same way, right? Absolutely. 
So there's, it, it also sounds like there's some level of kind of withdrawal from looking to these, even the national leaders, right? And the, or being, or let, even if we just keep it, keep it local, right? Because we know that the, the, the strategy of the, the colonizer is to be in, in power at all, all levels of government, right? And so we have to kind of withdraw our energy away from looking outward to these external forces and come together and turn towards each other um, as, and seeing ourselves as a nation of, of people within a, within a nation. Is that right? Fighting for our human rights. That's absolutely correct. That's absolutely correct. And the, the movement slogan back in the 60s and 70s was black power or power to the people. And that, that still goes for today. But right now in this movement that you and I are part of, our slogan is we're our own liberators. And what you just described is us being our own liberators, is us fighting for self-determination. And that's a part of us attacking the American colonial mentality, the neo-colonial mentality that our people suffer from in developing revolutionary mentalities within the the masses of the people. And that means taking that power away from the oppressor by implementing our own programs, by implementing our own political institutions, our own educational institutions and apparatuses that give power to the people. And when we have neo-colonial agents that are in blackface out there claiming to represent the people, claiming to represent the masses, and they're talking black, black, black. But then at the end of the rally or at the end of their speech or the end of the message that they're sending to the people, it's on November 2nd, we need y'all to go vote. Black votes matter. We have to get rid of that integrationist, assimilated tactic of going and voting for our oppressors to change something in our community within our nation. That's a, that's a slave mentality. It's a mental illness that stems from chattel slavery. And the best way to describe it would be when we're going and voting for one of these Democrat or Republican nominees, it would be for during shadow slavery, they were lining up 10 or 12 slave masters and saying, we need you to vote for your slave owner. Mm-hmm. All of them are evil. All of them are bad. But go vote for the one that's going to rape you and beat you a little less, the one that's going to be a little bit more kinder and, and gentle to you, right? That's what we're doing when we're expected to go vote for the Obamas or the Joe Bidens and Kamala Harris's versus Trump or somebody else. Now we have to start developing this people center and developing out of our movement, our revolutionary leaders who have been at the forefront of this struggle for 40, 50 plus years. These are the people that we have to look to to guide the way and follow the political line that's being put down by these individuals and these organizations. And that's what the webinar and panel discussion is taking place this summer. It's going to be held in three different locations, one in Oakland in the Bay, one in Chicago, and one in New York. 
so that we're able to have these representatives from the people Senate, from the International Tribunal, and from the other organizations and formations that I named to be there on the panel and bring people in from all those different areas and regions and recruiting for the people Senate so that we can have these individuals that are already doing the work implementing these decolonization programs in the community. These are senators. These are the people that's going to change the way and liberate the people. Fantastic. And what do you think, what is, um, um, agreed, agreed on, on all fronts. What do you think are biggest challenges uh, right now in terms of implementing these programs? Or, yeah, or, or not even implementing these programs, but just building the movement forward. What do you see are our biggest challenges and what we can do to overcome that challenge? I mean, a lot of people would maybe expect me to say an external factor that's our biggest challenge, but if we're being realistic and honest, mm -hmm. which we have to be at all times in our revolutionary work, one of the biggest challenges is our own people and not even the unconscious masses because we can't blame the unconscious masses when the revolution fails, as Chairman Mao said. When the revolution fails, it's on the fault of the cadre. And so a lot of our individual people that are in leadership positions or who are trying to put themselves in the leadership positions and these organizations that are out there and the individuals that make up those organizations, they're in a massive failure to study and struggle. When we go back and read the New African POW journals that were put down by people like Yaki and Jalil and individuals who led our movement and our nation during the high tide of the 60s and 70s, and when that movement failed, they went through a reorientation process, and that was put down in the POW journals, books 1 through 12, and they're telling us how to reorientate. They're telling us how to rebuild this movement and analyze the struggles of the past and look at their failures and shortcomings and to learn from that. And when you just listen, whether it's on a podcast or an interview or somebody's writings or even the way that they're operating and moving within the movement, you can tell that these people haven't read Jamil's book. You can tell that they haven't read Meditations on France Fanon's Wretched of the Earth by Comrade Yaki. You can tell they haven't read Stand Up Struggle Forward by Comrade Stanika Shakur because of their failure to acknowledge the political line and to develop cadre and to develop infrastructure and programs to develop and cultivate these cadre so that we know how to go amongst the masses, so we know how to rebuild this movement in this nation and not just running around talking about capitalism is bad, prisons are bad, and we want national liberation, and we want a revolution. We have to study and struggle. We have to develop political education within our organizations, within the movement, within the nation at large, you know what I'm saying? And that doesn't mean everybody reading various texts. If somebody's just coming into the movement, don't give them blood in my eye. Don't give them rested to the earth. That's like giving a first grade or a twelfth grade or a college level book. They're not gonna grasp it, they're not gonna understand it. We have to develop a curriculum all around this nation, the same way the Eurocentric public school systems have. If you go to a city like Chicago or LA 
that has countless high schools and middle schools, and you walk in to any one of those 10th grade classrooms around that city, they're all going to be reading the same textbooks, and they're trying to develop those students at an equal pace, right? And we have to do the same thing. And that's another thing that we're trying to establish when we talk about a national agenda, a national strategy. We have to be operating on a common political line for a common set of goals, which is national independence and self-government and the release of our political prisoners and our prisoners of war. Well, I really um, I thank you for that, and of course you did mention um, you know our our three really important books, but your um, the uh, We Are Our Own Liberators Meditations on France Fanon by James Yaki Sales, and and of course um, Stand Up Struggle Forward, um, really in, in important books, and I would also add in there the um, Indictment of the State. This is strictly for California, but it's definitely a blueprint for how um, these these prisons, plantations are operating throughout the whole country as well, but um, Indictment of the State and its Prison Industrial Slave Complex by Joe Kahishi and Jim Sai. Um, and we do um, need to be on the same page about this political line and our, and our struggle forward, so studying and struggle. I would also like to um, get your, com um, your commentary on, here we are in 2023 and we know uh, that one of the biggest issues that we are facing, though, is also, you know, decades and centuries of, of uh, mental and spiritual and physical trauma because of these continued crimes against humanity and the genocide that's been perpetrated against us. How important do you think it is for us to also attend to that aspect of ourselves as we are continuing to study and struggle? I mean, it's, it's, it's critical, it's fundamental, like all those areas that you just mentioned are all the areas and forms that colonialism acts and operates in, you know what I'm saying? I say it all the time, me and you have talked about it many times, is we have to broaden the scope and the definition of genocide and colonialism. And if we're talking about just colonialism in the basic Eurocentric Western dictionary term of one power having control over another dependent group of people, then when it comes to the part in our movement and our phase of decolonization, that's why so many people only talk and think of decolonization as... You have one minute remaining. ...of separating from Euro-Americans of the U.S. government in a physical sense. But we know that colonialism and genocide operates on an educational, economical, political, cultural, military, and psychological level. So therefore, decolonization is us implementing decolonization programs on all of those said levels. So that we're able to remove the umbilical cord from the colonial empire and, you know, saying have our own institutions and our own foundation. Beautiful. Thank you so much. So we'll just add love to the end of that study and struggle because we can't do this without love of the people for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you for giving me the time to, to speak to the people. Absolutely. Thank you so much, brother. And um, yeah, free the land. Can't stop, won't stop. By any means. <laughs> All right. Peace. Thank you for using GTL. 
All right. And like I said at the top of the hour, this is going to be an ongoing series, series um, as we build up to uh, the webinar uh, conference that's going to be taking place at the end of July, July 28th through the 30th. Um, but also this political line and this building of this national strategy, of course, is going to take place well beyond the webinar. So um, I want to encourage you to pick up these books that Kwame Shakur uh, has mentioned, I have mentioned. Um, we have Stand Up, Struggle Forward uh, by Sanyika Shakur. Um, this is kind of my manifesto, along with the indictment of the state and its prison industrial slave complex by Joka Hashima Jensai. Um, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but that one you can get um, by Amazon. Um, we, there's not yet another platform uh, to to get that. But both of those, like I said, are somewhat of my manifestos. But uh, for this movement, especially, let's get yourself prepared if you want to be involved. We Are Our Own Liberators by Jalil Muntakim, Meditations on Franz Fanon's Wretched of the Earth uh, by James Yaki Sales. And just the, if you just start with any of those, um, I wouldn't even start with Wretched of the Earth. I would start with the Meditations on Franz Fanon's Wretched of the Earth by James Yaki Sales. Um, and then if you are farther along, you probably already have read Wretched of the Earth, and maybe you have read uh, Blood in My Eye uh, by George Jackson. Listen to George Jackson Radio. Just go to Blog Talk Radio, George Jackson Radio, I believe it is, to Blog Talk Radio, every Wednesday at uh, 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Um, uh, for all these. And also, um, Abolition Today, also Blog Talk Radio. Uh, just go to abolitiontoday.org. Um, this is if you really want to um, delve deep into uh, slavery, modern slavery, legal slavery that is still taking place. All right. Um, and I will continue uh, to mention these books every uh, every show. So I want to read the introduction to the People's Senate. Uh, this is the explanation and recruitment manual that you can pick up at spiritofmandela.org. Uh, just by going there, check out that website, of course, um, and uh, you can read it yourself. But here's the introduction. The People's Senate is a strategic initiative stemming from the 2021 International Tribunal held in New York City on the weekend of October 22nd through the 25th, wherein the United States government and its states were charged with and found guilty of genocide against black, brown, and indigenous peoples. And yet we must do more than simply celebrate the International Panel of Jurists' guilty verdict. Our job now is to organize a meaningful resistance to this genocide rooted in the black, brown, and indigenous communities themselves. There are many ongoing and vital organizing efforts across the country, many local, some focused on single issues, others broader. All could be assisted by a network linking the various efforts, informing the many forces of the work of others, and amplifying the voices of all. Thus, the Spirit of Mandela Coalition, which organized the International Tribunal, is calling for the formation of a People's Senate that can help construct a network to link these efforts and, in the best case, become a platform through which the struggles of each might become the struggle of all, speaking out against genocide and other abuses with a collective voice and a developing a program of action to address various issues and struggles that can unite and strengthen our collective voice.
The People's Senate, over time, will be working to provide a model for an alternative to existing governance and show how a body might work that truly represents the people and strives to put decision-making in their hands. The goal of the People's Senate is fourfold. A, help publicize and promote all of the work that everyone is already doing. I've always talked about this. I know you've heard me say this, that there's, there is room for all of us and we, we are doing the work and we need to be head nodding each other and calling and shouting each other out. Okay, B, make links between individuals and groups and potentially organize common projects to assist in developing collaborative efforts. C, develop new initiatives that can unite us on a national and international scale. D, to, to elect a People's Senate, bringing forward the leadership of black, brown, and indigenous communities and providing an arena for discussion and exchange and for developing solutions to the problems faced by all. Our vision is a Senate, which will be representative will be a representative body of the peoples and their organizations elected by local meetings or gatherings based on geography or on constituency or on groups of people engaged in common work. It will then meet on a national level to discuss how this goal of developing a united struggle might be pursued. Election meetings can be regular meetings of already established groups or collectives, or they may be ad hoc caucuses created specifically for the purpose of electing senators. And we invite you or your organization to join us in developing this initiative. Here is the vision statement. To give full, complete, and effective voice and representation to black, brown, and indigenous people. Mission statement. The People's Senate is an historic initiative to put decision-making in the hands of the people through coordinated strategic action. The People's Senate will be a national cohesive network reflective of poor and working-class communities across the United States, its colonies, and territories. We encourage participation from individuals and grassroots organizations, including activist, progressive, and revolutionary organizations, workers, women, youth, environmental and healthcare advocates, academics, and professionals, religious and community-based organizations, and more. The People's Senate is uniting with all willing to work together to protect, champion, and uphold the human rights of Black, Brown, and Indigenous peoples, thus ensuring the human rights of all people. Goals. Identify, acknowledge, support, recruit, and network already existing organizations, coalitions, formations, unions, and assemblies. Facilitate the recruited organizations, coalitions, formations, unions, and assemblies to organize and hold caucuses to build working relationships and to nominate and elect senators to represent their local, regional constituency in the People's Senate. Organize and establish such Senate representation across the country. Establish regular National Senate meetings for elected senators to establish national mutual priorities. All right, and you did hear um, uh, Kwame talk about how the oppressor nation is very good at these, you know, the organizing and coalescing and and uh, pulling together their local regional constituency uh, to act against the people, right? And always their uh, response or reaction to us is uh, to... Um, to imprison, to assault, to kill, and, uh, and or at the very least, to silent and discredit us. So we must be operating um, 
um, as a genocided people, as a colonized people in resistance against this, because this is our, this is a crisis of our humanity. Um, and these are continued crimes against humanity, humanity, which we have every right to resist. All right, that is our show. Free the land, all power to the people, and get ready for Work Week with Steve Seltzer. <laughs>